We've got Arnor here on the uke, sitting up on the top of a mountain, watching some men build a hut. So we're going to talk about reincarnation. What's up, beautiful people? Stop, 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 stop. Reincarnation. What? So what did we think about reincarnation last night? Go. Mm. Mm. So yeah, reincarnation is a a very interesting subject. I mean, in all the mythologies and in all the cultures, they they have, in all religions, they have so many concepts of reincarnation. And even in Christianity, they talk about heaven and hell, in a sense that there is something after that. There is a kind of continuity, continuity of consciousness. Heaven and hell, blue skies and pain. Mm, blue skies and pain. Yeah. So it's very interesting. Um, now, according to Buddhism, when you reincarnate, you only reincarnate if you're not enlightened. In other words, only if you're being ignorant, you are reincarnated. So, being stuck in samsara. Stuck in, in samsara. So it's ignorance tough. makes you stuck in samsara, and that's the cause of reincarnation. It's identifying with a false sense of self, and that is the root of ignorance. And it's 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 not understanding interconnectivity. Really, at its, at its root. Mm. Well, the interconnectivity, it's like seeing yourself as separate to everything else is what causes your okay. reincarnation mm. because that's the cause of the suffering. Absolutely. And we see that on a macro level mm. with your life and kind of most people take that in Buddhism as this macro concept of, oh, after this life, when I died, this like 80 years statistically, that's when the reincarnation point happens. Mm. But really what the fascinating part when you look at it on a micro scale is that in the moment, in the moment you're supposed to be in the now. So your moment, who you were a minute ago, if you identify with that, that person, then you are, in essence, re reincarnating yourself mm. every moment. Fact. If you think that the person you are today is the same person you were yesterday, then in fact you will be reincarnated. And even if you die, you will be reincarnated. Because you believe that there is that kind of self that doesn't change, that kind of unchanging sense of self, that is not true. It's just an illusion. And once you believe it to be true, you're stuck in ignorance, you're stuck in samsara, and that's why they say you will reincarnate. Now, the interesting thing is, they say that the Buddha, or the one who, who's enlightened, he doesn't reincarnate anymore. Why? Because he realized that the person he is now is not the same person he was five minutes ago. So he knows that there is no, no possibility of reincarnation, because everything, every moment right now is new. It's every, every moment right now, it's a virgin dress you're wearing right now. It's the most virgin dress you could possibly wear. There's nothing that's happened before. Mm. And so, so there's this idea that maybe the Buddha, he escaped, he escaped reincarnation. And we think of that as he escaped reincarnation. So when he dies, he's not going to reincarnate. But really what it is, is in the moment when you realize, when you realize that you are not the same as the, the person you were the moment before, in that moment you've broken out of samsara. In that moment, you stop the perpetual moment-by-moment self-reincarnation. Mm. And what the power is, is that, is that the reincarnation process is not really a thing. We see it as, we see it as a state, um, this state that, exists, that we exist within. But really what it is, is a state that we create. So we create the idea that we are constantly re, um, reincarnating by believing we are continuous. Oh. And only, so what, when, when we say we escape samsara, what we really do is we say, we reconceptualize ourselves so we we understand that we are not we are not the person we were a minute ago, and so we do not have carry on the sufferings and the dreams of that person. Mm. And so, in the moment, 
we escape our own self-created samsara, which is created from the ignorance. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. A very interesting topic. I also like the, the point that you said about the Dalai Lama. Mm. Because, of course, the Dalai Lama is claimed to be reincarnated. And so they, they basically they pick a little child and they chose him as to be the Dalai Lama. Of course, they do some tests. But 100% sure you can't be if it's, if it's actually the same soul because because according to Buddhist soul don't even exist so it's like a contradictory in, in Buddhism because when you're enlightened you shouldn't reincarnate now for some reason the Dalai Lama the reincarnation of the Buddha does reincarnate now it's fascinating because when they realize that you can only be reincarnated if you believe that you are the same person you were yesterday or if you believe that you are the same person you were in your last life then it is possible so it's a matter of belief now and if you understand that then you can almost choose who the next Dalai Lama is going to be if you say to him what he was in his last life and if you give him the same training from the last Dalai Lama in his last life he will become the new Dalai Lama and in fact he will be reincarnation of the last Dalai Lama yeah and what's amazing What's amazing that we're doing is, is not only do we reincarnate ourselves by, um, through this identification, but we actually are forcing other people to stay mm. in Samsara as well by constantly believing that they are unified mm. um, and that they're continuous and we hold them to that with our social pressures and our structures and our, and our, um, and our culture. And so what we're doing is wow. we're perpetually reincarnating each other. <laughs> so every single time you, set, you try to hold someone to something they, they were before, you try to put anything on anyone who besides what is in the moment, what you're doing is you are locked, you are perpetuating their own myth of themselves and you are locking them further into mm. samsara. So the trick to do if you're a real bodhisattva is to, is to um, liberate yourself, but you liberate yourself so that you can stop actually, um, you can stop reincarnating other people into samsara and you can help them, you can help them, um, you can help them find themselves in the moment and help them mm. escape the suffering in the moment and mm. that's the real thing because we cause so much damage uh, we, we see ourselves as having responsibility to ourselves and our own and our own karma but uh, every single time we talk to someone and we call them by their name a name is a continuous thing every single time yeah. you call someone by their name you're reincarnating them I think a big misconception and something pretty dangerous is language um, basically language is very useful I won't deny that but it's very tricky too, because if you, if you call something a chair, obviously you create objects, you create a phone, a chair, you create names, so you objectify people and human beings, you objectify ever-changing things into words, and words, they stay the same. So the words themselves, imagine you call something a tree, it will always be a tree, but the object of the tree itself, first it was a seed, then it, it grows into a tree, then it will die. Now the, the word tree itself just stays a tree. The tree is not a seed. It's not the same thing. So you create that kind of illusion into believing that the tree actually exists continuously. There, there's always a tree. And the same way that you, when you say Aaron or you say Arno, you believe that, that you are Aaron and tomorrow you'll be Aaron. And in three days, in three years you'll be Aaron. And it's still, still the same Aaron because it's, it's, the name hasn't changed. And this kind of misconception creates us to believe that the person itself, the object itself, hasn't changed. But that's a lie. Mm. Objects do change. It's just the name that you call it doesn't change. Well, I mean, so even the object itself doesn't change because, because the deeper level is that there is no object. 
So really, it's the conceptualization in the moment that there is an object, which um, which is real, is really the trick. So you say it's a tree, and you might say trees exi- exist or whatever in the moment, but before it was a seed. But what Glenn said to us was, when does the seed turn into the sprout? When does mm-hmm. the sprout turn into the bush? Is there a moment? And every person sees that moment as being different, and therefore we can understand that, that there is never there is never a tree, there is never a seed. Objectively, there is not a, a there are not no objects, and that's very that's very paradoxical. Objectively, there are no objects, and that's just a matter of fact. Now I feel like we create objects for purpose of communication and for purpose of communication only. Otherwise, it would be very uh, how do you say it? it would be very difficult to communicate with people if you wouldn't have the word book like i give you this book but the problem is that people tend to believe that a book actually exists that the book exists on its own it doesn't it's just a way of communicating a natural phenomena that exists in the now but it's not actually exists as a separate object it's just a part of of the whole and once you once you so i mean this is the exact same this is the feeling that the reason why some of us who are writers get a really icky feeling. I've spoken to a few people, specifically mm. Shear mentioned this as well. We get a really icky feeling when we're writing and we write the word I. Whenever mm. we, you want to speak from personal experience. And that here's the tension because you want to communicate with other beings. To communicate is to, is to create duality because mm. I am communicating to, there's a listener and an observer. And, um, and you want to communicate because we care about emotions and stuff like that. So you want to, and it's a way, it's a way of actually unifying communication. Because what I'm doing is I'm linking my consciousness with yours. I'm giving you an experience of my consciousness. But at the same time, the language we use it's very difficult because it also um, reinforces our sense of individuality. Because every time you write, so there's this a really powerful idea that that that, that I use in these um in these men's talking circles and stuff like that that we use that you always speak with eye language so you don't force your, your experience into someone else. You don't say, you know when this and this and this happens. You say, when this happens to me, I feel this way. Mm. And that's super powerful to take ownership on it. But at the same time, it, 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 it's a constant play between, between connecting to the world around you and connecting to the flow without separating yourself as an individual from that flow. And that's a, that's a trick that I don't think I don't think we quite have the language yet to 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 reconcile. Um, so it's a constant little like little tug of war going on between mm. these two, two parts of ourselves. It's very interesting, actually. There's there's that guy Alan Watts, and Alan Watts is a um, so he's a theologist, and what he does he he studies lots of religions, lots of myths, and he tries to understand what it is that the people call the self. And, or the ego, or the, the sense of person, the personal self that exists separately from the rest. And he's very interested in that. Now, his conclusion was that every, everything you call I is subjective, because it is something that you think you are, and you think you are that on a daily basis, that it's not changing. That even in, that maybe in, if you believe in reincarnation, that you will still be the same I, or the observer of the awareness. But even that is it's a great misconception because you start to believe that you are the awareness, so you start to to think that you are separate. And Jeff, I like his um, his view when he says the, the real I, we are the I through which the universe sees itself. And if you use the I in that way, the I of the the I of the universe, mm. literally the I that the universe sees itself, 
then it's, the word I is maybe a very appropriate word. Thought for future writing is instead of using the word I, use the word EYE as I, in replacement yeah. for it. So it's constantly a perceiver, it's the I of the universe. So I the universe. when I speak about myself, I say I have this experience. And I think there's a lot in that because what the I does, I love that the symbolism of the I is really cool because it is an object. Um, and it is, uh, it contains both those ideas of the individuality and the connection to, and the mm. connection, so it's nothingness and oneness, because I have an I, but also the I is just a, is just a portal, and it's the universe's I really mm. looking at itself. So, yeah. So, so Alan Watts, he's super, uh, he has a, he's a theologist, but he's also, he has a great studies in language, and he under, tries to discover the root of words, and he actually found that the root of the, the word I that you call me, myself, I comes from the word I, the I through which you see. So he found that originally we started saying I in the sense of, of our body, of our senses, of our mind as a, as a kind of I that sees the universe. And we are not a personal I from ourselves. We are an I of the universe itself looking at the universe. We are the universe trying to understand ourselves. We are the leaf on the tree trying to perceive the tree. And so, other idea is also when you do use the letter I as I, use it in lowercase, because mm. that that when we do it in uppercase, we are we are creating the singularity, the individuation. But when we write it in lowercase, what it's saying is we, but it's saying we while also taking ownership. So it actually mm. straddles the balance of those two. Um, also, back onto reincarnation briefly. Mm -hmm. um, there's this, the idea. I just wanted. To, I had that thought last night where the idea that um, the Buddha when you achieve enlightenment you stop reincarnating we think that means that you stop coming you're, you're you stop existing in time so you stop this like we live for 80 years and if you're reincarnating you live for 10,000 years constantly reincarnating but if you stop reincarnating then that then that existence ends but what we actually realize is that that's not the reincarnation you're stopping you're stopping the reincarnation of the individuated self in the mm. moment so the buddha can live forever your consciousness in buddhism you might call it or in hinduism you might call it um, the pure consciousness, and... pure consciousness, uh, the mm. shiva, that doesn't actually end. So you can live forever, mm. but you are you are not reincarnating because you're not mm. reincarnating yourself moment by moment. And that's yeah. when you realize the greatest gift. When you realize that that time is a man-made concept, that past and and future actually don't exist. The only thing that exists is the present. Then it becomes the present. It becomes a gift, literally, because. The only thing you've always wanted is what you always had, and this is this right now. You can't have anything else. It's like looking for your glasses and realizing you have them on your face the whole time. <laughs> that is realization. That is literally the meaning of realization. It's realizing that all the struggle you've been through all your life, looking for something in the future, for a goal to attain, you can't even look for enlightenment. Even that is tricking yourself into thinking that time exists and that there is something else in this moment right now, but there is none. Believe me, there is nothing else than the present. So start seeing it as a present and start enjoying the present, the gift that is given to you. Yeah, so I think it's a really good place to stop that conversation with Arnaud, um, the amazing Arnaud. We had some incredible conversations over the period of a few days just trying to process the, uh, all the ideas that we learned at this, um, this meditation retreat that we did um, in northern India. And... Uh, the idea that we, we left up on there is really one of the central tenets of, of most spiritual teachings, which is the present moment. And it's a very easy thing to say and very hard thing to practice. 
but um, in the Buddhism ter terminology, it'd be, it's, it's something like the stories we constantly tell ourselves about, about the things we want, our dreams, and, and the things we don't want, our, our fears, you know, the, what Buddhism would call, call attachments and aversions, um, are, really, are really what causes us so much of our pain and our suffering is these constant stories, these, these ideas that we have about ourselves, who I am, who Aaron is, or who you are. And it's these stories, these unfulfilled desires that really, um, that really make it difficult for us to, to live presently. And so trying to bring ourselves back into the present moment, realizing that when we just sit in silence, there's no problems in the present. Those stories don't really exist. They're the past and the future, and the past and the future are never really there. And it's a hard idea, like I said, to implement in our lives. And of course, we still need to move forward and do things and have desires and, and create and connect with people. Um, but doing it from a place where the focus is really on being now and not getting, letting those stories become you. So we can have those stories, but not letting them overtake you and choosing when the stories um, can can have their part in your life and when you want to step back and say no I just want to sit here now I just want to be with people I don't want to think about I don't want to think about the, the, the job or the this or the that or or the different relationship problems I might have or any of these kind of these kind of things that really that really cause us to to be pulled out of the moment um, so yeah it's a really really great idea and I'd love any feedback about about the perpetual reincarnation that we do to each other any thoughts because I think it's a very interesting topic and it applies to so much of our lives. Um, so, yeah, thank you so much for listening and um, look forward to some more little sound bites um, coming up soon. We have a lot of, lot of material that we covered over these few days. Sending all the love. Mwah. Peace out, people.